0: In this episode, I wanted to talk about common archive and compression formats that you'll likely encounter on Linux machines. We will review the differences between archive and compression formats, and then focus on how to create and extract these formats using various utilities. Before we dive in, I should define what I think the most common archive and compression formats are. As a benchmark, let's focus on how the Linux kernel has been distributed for many years using three key archive and compression types. First we have the tar.gz package. Personally, I think this is the most common. Next there is the tar.xz package which is gaining traction. And it's actually the default download type when you visit kernel.org looking for the Linux kernel. Finally we have tar.bz2. Even though the distribution of the tar.bz2 package was dropped in late 2013, it is still very common out in the wild. You will notice that these packages are all prefixed with the word tar. This donates the archive type, and then you have the tail and compression type. For example, GZ, XZ, and BZ2 are all different compression types. This is where the distinction between archive and compression formats comes in. So at this point we have defined three key archive and compression format combinations, but I also think this serves as a great example use case. The kernel.org site needs to distribute the Linux kernel source code, so it packages these files and directories up using archive and compression tools, with the goal of saving disk space, bandwidth, and making these packages much easier to work with and distribute. So what does the workflow look like for creating and then extracting one of these packages? Well, at a high level, we start with the files we want to share. In the case of the Linux kernel source code, this would be many thousands of files and directories. We can then use an archive tool like tar to create a wrapper around the files and directories. I like to think of this as a bucket. This bucket holds our files and directories and also has a listing of their associated metadata, things like their timestamps, permissions, ownership, amongst other things. Next we use a compression tool like gzip which takes the archive or bucket holding our files and compresses it down to a much smaller file. In the case of the Linux kernel, we go from roughly 600 megs worth of source code and documentation across many thousands of files and directories, down to a single compressed archive of roughly 75 megs in size. As you can probably guess by now, this is where the distinction between archive and compression formats happens. We are using the tar archive format as a bucket to store many thousands of files and directories as a single easily handled archive. Then we take that tar archive, commonly referred to as a tarball, and compress it down using the gzip compression format. This is why you see files with names like tar.gz, as it indicates we're using the tar archive format along with gzip compression. To extract the files we simply need to reverse the process, using gunzip to remove the compression, and then use tar to extract the files out of the archive. I should mention that in this workflow example, I'm using two commands to do this, tar and gunzip. But in reality, you have the much simpler option of having the tar utility do both the archive and compression steps for you. The tar command can be used as a type of Swiss Army knife, by having it act as a wrapper around many compression formats, so you do not actually have to use multiple commands to compress or extract archives. For simplicity's sake, I have broken this episode into four logical sections. The first section, we are going to walk through creating and extracting a tar archive, basically just an archive without the compression step. In the following three sections, we'll cover creating tar.gz, tar.xz, and tar.bz2 compressed archives. Before I create the tar archive, I should mention that I've created an example directory called archive, and inside that directory are four files of various types that will be used through the example sections. I highly recommend checking out the man page for the tar command as it is very well written and packed with detailed information. Also, in my examples today, I'll show you the longer command arguments first as I find them helpful to use when explaining what a command does, and then we'll look at the shorthand or abbreviated ones later on. So let's get started with creating and extracting tar archives. As you can see, I'm using the tar command with the create option. Next we're telling TAR to preserve the file permissions. This can be handy if you have special modes, users, groups, which you want to preserve. Next we tell TAR to be verbose, basically give us feedback as things are happening. Then we use the File option, telling TAR to create our archive with a given name. Lastly, we tell TAR where the files are that we want to archive. However, if you use the abbreviated options, the command is much shorter, and it gives the same result. Just to review, we create, preserve permissions, be verbose, provide a destination archive name, and give the source file or directory for the archive. So what about extracting the tarball? Well, you just reverse the process like we talked about earlier. The command to extract the tarball looks like this. Essentially, just tell tar to extract the contents, tell us about the status, and point tar at the archive we want to extract. The shorthand version is even simpler. We extract the archive contents, using verbose mode to give us feedback as things are happening, and then specify the file we want to extract. Okay, so that covers the archive part of the equation, but what about the compression part? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the following three sections will cover creating and extracting tar.gz, tar.xz, and tar.bz2 compressed archives. So let's dive into creating and extracting tar.gz files. The starting point for this example will be our archive directory and some sample files. The command to create a tar.gz compressed archive looks like this. We actually use almost the exact same command for creating a tar.gz file as we do for creating a standalone tar archive, just with one additional switch. You will notice that I am using the new gzip option in conjunction with the create option. What this is actually doing is creating the tarball and then compressing it using gzip. The much shorter version of the command looks like this. So we are creating the tarball, using gzip compression, we are preserving the permissions, giving us feedback as things are happening using verbose mode, and specifying the file name we want to create, along with the folder to archive. To reverse the process, you can use either of the following commands. Basically, we just tell tar to extract the contents like we would any typical tarball. But we also provide the gzip option, which tells it to decompress the archive first. And the shorthand version looks like this. Again, we extract the archive contents, tell tar that it's a gzipped archive, be verbose, basically give us feedback as things are happening, and we provide the name of the source file. Next, let's look at creating and extracting tar.xz compressed archives. We are going to use almost the exact same commands for creating tar.gz files but swap out the gzip compression option with xz, so the command looks like this. Easy enough, right? you also notice that the command took a little longer to complete. And when we list the directory contents, you can see that xz compression yields a smaller file than gzip in this case. The shorthand version of the command is a little less intuitive since you need to remember the corresponding letter to the compression type. After a while this becomes muscle memory though. The key thing to remember is the uppercase J, this indicates we're using XZ compression. You can probably guess what the extraction command looks like. The long version uses the extract option along with the XZ option to indicate this is a compressed archive. Again, the shorthand version is a little less intuitive. This is why the man pages are so helpful, in that you can quickly look up these options if needed. Finally, let's look at creating and extracting tar.bz2 compressed archives. Personally, in my day-to-day work, I find that tar.gz and tar.bz2 compressed archives are the most common. So I think it's fitting that we're finishing this episode off looking at bz2 archives. You can probably already guess that the commands look almost identical to the ones for creating tar.gz and tar.xz compressed archive. The only difference is that we're going to use the bzip2 option. You will notice that each of these compressed formats yield various output file sizes. These are highly dependent upon your workload, so you should experiment if you're looking for optimal file sizes. The shorthand of this command looks like this. In this case, to specify bzip2 compression, we use the lowercase j. The man pages are full of details about all of these options, but you'll find that as you interact with these formats you start to remember the options, or at least know where to find the information. And finally, let's look at extracting bz2 archives. You should start to notice a theme here. We have used almost the exact same commands throughout this episode, while just swapping out the compression switches. And to close off, here's the shorthand version of how to extract a tar.bz2 compressed archive. Before I end this episode, I should mention that I've also listed the Wikipedia pages for these various formats in the episode notes below, since they are also packed with useful information. Alright, that concludes this episode. Thanks for watching. If you would like to get notified about future episodes, please subscribe to my mailing list. You can do this by going to the Get Notified link in the header and entering your email address. Have questions, comments, or concerns about this episode? What about episode ideas? I'd love to hear your feedback, either good or bad. Shoot me an email, justin at sysadmincasts.com.